MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. And then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500. Hi, yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to another action-packed, exciting episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 343. It's going out to Holly Holm, who just got announced for another main event fight coming up. Five wait, rounds against. Wait, really? Yep. Just <laughs> this wait. Is news to news. Me. <laughs> Five rounds against Moira Bueno Silva. Um, this is this is going out to the UFC giveth. UFC taketh away, but then they giveth again. They they gave us a Raquel Pennington five round fight. They tooketh away, and uh, now they're giving us another. Like very exciting uh, women's bantamweight uh, headliner with Holly Holm, who's always always brings it in the cage. It's so exciting. July fifteenth, can't wait to see it. Uh, this goes out to Holly Holm, who is not just there for her extremely entertaining fights, but she's uh, there to protect all her children. She didn't really say from what, from sex sexualization, so some mythical thing. So probably has to do with the pizza parlor too. But anyhow, that's a different show for a different time. Thanks for coming to this episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. This is not a Holly Home episode. I guess that'll be happening in July 15th, to be exact. No, uh, we got a couple months to count down for that. We've got the big boys going on. Um, one guy's so big that my co host's wife even commented on how thick with two C's <laughs> at the end. T H I C C he is. It's Rose and Strike versus Almeida. Um, we're going to give you all the prelim fights today. I'm glad to see the UFC have taken one of the fights and added it to the main card because it's going to be a very prelim heavy episode, but, uh, we have five fights to break down tomorrow and today we have seven fights. So I have, uh, my co-host on hand here who's already interjected because with this bombshell news I have about, uh, Holly Holm, he could not stay silent any longer. So let's bring him in. Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. What do you think of that so, fight? So, uh, I, I've got so many questions. Cause wasn't my real point of Silva supposed to fight Misha Tate? Hmm. That sounds it, or, like soon. that didn't happen already. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think like that, that might've happened. I think that fight was supposed to happen in like a couple weeks. So now I'm assuming Misha Tate had to drop out and this is how they, they, yeah. um, you're right. What they did. You yeah. This, this has got to be what they did for Mara Buena Silva, um, which is fine. She's on a huge win streak. She, she probably deserves it. Um, and then the other question I have is you said July 15th. Yeah. Yep. Is Misha that not the, out? It says this year. It's true. It, is that not the fight card that has RDA versus Vicente Luque? And if so, mm-hmm. what the hell would be wrong with that in the main event? Holly Holm is here for our children, Dan. Do you want your children to be sexualized? I'm I'm no, just you telling you, if I have to watch five rounds of Holly Holm versus Marbury Buena uh, Silva, or God, five so rounds, bad. or five rounds of Vicente Luque versus RDA, yeah. sign yeah. me up for RDA versus Vicente Luque. It is the right fight. It's the same fight yeah, card. I Correct. Thought so. I thought that July 15th one had that one on it. How about five rounds of Josh Parisian? Would you prefer that? Yeah, we would because it wouldn't last five rounds. Walt Harris, uh, Josh Breezen, but no, that might home last in, five rounds. That might last. Home five is rounds. still, <laughs> she's still living off. How long ago was it when she uh, had kicked, uh, had kicked Ronda Rousey? God, it's got to be half a decade ago by now, right? It, let me see. It was no, more than that. 
November 15th, 2015. She's still living off of that. She's won almost, almost 10 years. Five fights. <laughs> She's won five fights since then. All of them via decision, I think. No, she had kicked Batch Kahea. Anyhow. Ronda Rousey knocked team. out Batch Kahea. That doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> MMA math. So, yeah, that, that's that's my exciting news, uh, Bob. They've, there's been a lot of shuffling around and new head, new headliners. Like off of this card, for instance, we're going to break down. They took... Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill, and now they're going to be headlining. That's a good headliner, at least next week. Right? Like, yeah, no, I, I can watch. I can watch five rounds of that. that yeah, that's a good because we lost Pennington Aldana too. That's the reason they have the headline. Sad, sad, sad. Yeah, that's a better headliner. We got an upgrade. Oh, for sure, for sure. But that kind of weakens this. Well, it does weaken this week's card, but whatever. We have some money to be made. Hopefully, I found this very chalky. Even even for my old chalky self, this was a chalky card. How about you? Um, I found I found some value plays I like. I found a few out of the gate, but the main card very very chalky for me. That that is foreshadowing for tomorrow's episode because today is all about the prelims. Um, so oh I didn't what this is an early one. This is eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time is when the prelims are starting on ESPN ESPN Plus. Is this is going down from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina? This Saturday, it is called UFC and ABC Rosenstrike versus Almeida, UFC Fight Night Rosenstrike versus Almeida, UFC Charlotte, or UFC and ABC Four. Remember the good old days when I used to name every uh, every alt title for the uh, for the UFC fight events. Well, there you I, go. I do. I Throwback. do remember that one. Throwback to that for, for the hardcore fans. Um, so yeah, that uh, it's early, an early event. Not the strongest card for ABC. Usually, like when back in the Fox days, when they had a Fox card coming up, you knew it was going to be jam pack like the heavyweight title for instance was on the line uh, fox uh, number one but those days i guess are in a review but as daniel as daniel said we have some uh at least some value plays for you before we get into all that let me tell you about shady rays and shady may as gummy told you about off the top of the episode shady rays is teaming up with sgpn for shady may not only do you get an amazing 50 percent off but you also have a chance to win 500 bucks shady rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles and much more Shady Breeze have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Last of all, Shady Breeze offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, and that is capitalized, so they mean business. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Breeze with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Breeze. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners like me, for instance, or hosts, Shady Rays has you covered as well with shipping to Canada, hooray, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code SGPN for 50% off. Last time I checked, that means half price. Two or more pairs of polar sunglasses. That would be perfect for Father's Day, Mother's Day. All those things are coming up. Maybe both. Buy one for mom, buy one for dad. Then take your receipt to sportsgummypodcast.com slash shady, S-H-A-D-Y, for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. All right. I, I told you everything about this event off the get-go. Let's We could jump right into uh, making some picks here. Women's Bantamweight. Why is this not headlining, Dan? It's a women's Bantamweight fight. <laughs> Jessica I, Rose uh, Clark. Versus, mm, I like ahead. this fight. You, you, can, you can brag on it. No, I like this fight. Here we, no, I'm not ragging on it. I enjoy We talked off-air. Uh, how much we enjoy women's MMA and how it's just like 
we don't even consider it any different than male MMA. So there you go. There's one good thing about the UFC, one progressive thing about the UFC. All right, women's bantamweights are kicking off the Zonian women's fight on, on no, there's another one coming up. Excuse me. Jessica Rose Clark versus Tanera Lisboa. I will tell you about Lisboa. Her nickname is Ty Panther, but um, Tapology has her as Ty Panther, which is something totally different. I saw that too. I was wondering if She's, it was a typo or if it was like a Portuguese spelling. Yep. Um, but Panther in in Portuguese is Pantera, I believe. So right, yeah, um, much like it is a few times. Well, yeah, but that's the Spanish one. But I, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing in Portuguese. Um, but but nevertheless, yeah, weird one. Sorry, I'm singing Pantera now. Uh, Ty, uh, was that yeah, walk? So either, yes, it was. Okay, I got you. Um, I got you. <laughs> uh was so either she gets really tired doing tie and she pants or she's in actual panther we'll, we'll find out on tune in 11 30 a.m saturday uh and we'll see whether she's panther or she's just out of breath anyhow lisboa is five and two with three knockouts two submissions so she's finished all of her opponents in mma i said mma because just wait uh she's been submitted one time this is her ufc debut she won three straight fights all via finish However, she's not fought since April of 2022. Let's take a peek at those stats. We haven't checked that for a while. Fighters have been out of the cage at least a year, are winning 45% overall over the past four years now, three years. Uh, this year, they are only winning 35% of the time. So something to keep in mind, ring rust and all that. That's the ring rust stat. Uh, she used to fight at featherweight. Um, the important thing here is she's a Muay Thai world champion. Multiple times, I think. Does that sound right? Yeah, it sounds right. Yep. Uh, she's inch taller than Clark, two inches reach on her, four years younger, even mighty on the newcomer, plus 100. Jesse Jess, uh, Jessica Rose Clark, the off injured. She's coming off an injury again here, is she not? Do I remember? Or was that, am I thinking? I don't know the correct answer here, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, uh, she, she's had had some uh, some misfortune in the cage recently. All right, Jesse Jess, 11 and 8 with one no contest, but knocked out, uh, sorry, knocked out three people, submitted two people. She's only been stopped twice in her career, both via submission. One of those was an injury one, right? She got her arm snapped, I believe. Did she not? Or yeah, ligaments Steph in her elbow? Steph or Stephanie Ager? Yes, true. Uh, so she's 2-2 two and two over her last four fights, but 0-2. Oh, oh, I just told you that. She got submitted in her last two fights. No, I didn't. Let's go off the top, Dan. I messed everything up for Jesse Jess. She deserves more respect. 11-8, one no contest, three knockouts, two submissions. She's been submitted twice, four and four in the UFC. Now I'm on track. She's lost two straight fights, both via submission. One of those were the, was the arm breaker, I think. Before that, she won two straight fights. She used to fight at flyweight, missed weight there a couple times. Used to fight at featherweight. Now she's right in the middle. 0-2 in Invicta. Multi-regional championships on her. Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. 2012 Pro MMA debut. Minus 101. There's one of those fun lines that you enjoy. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. I'll take Lisboa. Um, I, I'm going to say, too. yeah, um, it, it's you know, she's one of those kind of like unknown fighters coming to the UFC. You don't see a lot of these not coming off contender series, not coming off of uh, um, the ultimate fighter, not coming off of uh, even a fight pass promotion. Like, you know, like an LFA or a CFFC or something like that. She's coming off of none of those things. Um, yet they signed her right away. And, and I think it's because she's so fun on the feet. She's got like really good. Um, she's actually she's the most fun in the clinch. Uh, she does really good work with her knees and her elbows in the clinch. She frames really well uh, when somebody's trying to get a takedown on her. Um, it, it, if you go back to her fight, it, you know, it was kind of hard to find some film on Lisboa, uh, at least MMA film on Lisboa. Um, but I found her her first ever MMA fight, and it was against Norma Dumont 
all the way back in 2016. So like seven year old fight. Um, and she actually was beating the hell out of Norma Dumont stuff and takedowns. She looked really good digging for underhooks in the clinch. And that's something that like does not come naturally to strikers uh, really early in their career. And she wound up losing that fight. Norma Dumont like eventually got her down, but had to work really hard for it. Um, I think Liz Bola looks really good in those clinches. And since then, she's actually brought her own submission game to the table. Like she's gotten a couple of arm triangle chokes. She's really good on top. And, and really, if you're looking at, at Jessica Rose Clark, like simple combinations on the feet from Julia Stoliarenko, just like ate up Jessica Rose Clark. And if simple combinations from like a judo specialist like Stoliarenko are going to give you trouble, Man, Liz Boa is just going to perplex her uh, with her striking. So, yeah, give me Liz Boa here. Um, if you are, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, let me tell you something. First of all, get to your book as quickly as you can and get the line on Liz Boa because she opened it like plus 150. She's down to even money. I've seen her in some places in the negative. Um, get her before she's like negative 135, 140. Yeah, I guess the probably original line was based off of her MMA. Uh, record and experience or lack thereof because her opponents that she's fought in MMA three and six were the records at the time that she fought them. Norma Dumont was both of their debuts, but Dumont, obviously that fight has, has gone on to, to age well because Dumont Dumont's turned into something, but yeah, not a heck of a lot of uh, high level experience uh, in MMA. um, But obviously it's the Muay Thai that's um, that carries a day here. Do you, you see know, when, who she fought in? Boy- mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I'm, I'm assuming you're about to say the thing I was just yep. about to say. Thirteen when years was, ago. Yeah, when she was 19, she fought Valentina Shevchenko in a Muay Thai fight. Uh, and yep. and she, I think Shevchenko was only like 21 at the time or something like that. They're only like two years apart. Um, but they were like 19 and 21. I've actually seen it. It's pretty fun. It was like a damn good cool. fight for for a couple of like younger women uh, in a Muay Thai fight. Of course, you've seen it. No one's surprised by that. That listened to this show. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is obviously, uh, she's going to have the striking advantage and she, like you said, she's shown some, uh, some grappling chops as of late. And I think I got to fade, uh, Clark at this point, um, really has not looked well, and, as, or, and especially against anybody, especially anybody who's got any grappling chops, right? Cause she's looked yeah, real yeah. bad on the mat. Yep. So it's, it's a fade plus it's a, uh, check mark in the newcomers uh, column cause she, uh, has got the resume, Muay Thai resume. All right, let's move to welterweights, Brian battle. Excuse me. Versus Gabriel Green, Dan, two times. These guys, they, he had them both on his Top Turtle podcast this week. Not at the same time. That, that would have been uh, that would have been what something the UFC would do. But no, he, he had both guys on. Um, so listen to that. Both are very good interviews. I was tell you about Brian the Butcher. I'll begrudgingly call him that because apparently that's his nickname. Brian the Butcher Battle, not Pooh Bear. He's still Pooh Bear in all our hearts, though. So, uh, he's eight and two. Battle is two knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted once. The only time he's been stopped in 10 fights. Three and one in the UFC, seven and one over his last eight. However, the loss did come in his last fight, which was a short notice fight. He normally has fought at middleweight. He's down at welterweight now. He went two and all in the ultimate fighter and was the middleweight champion of that season. He's three inches taller. He got four inches of reach on green. He's a year younger. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by half a strike per minute about. It's, he's at plus 0.55 strikes per minute. He's at plus 115. Gifted Gabriel Green or Gabe Green. He's 11 and 4, four knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Two and two in the UFC. He's got a loss, win win, loss. He was a regional champion. Two and one in Bellator. Used to fight at lightweight. He's more active lighting strikes than Battle is. He also has better grappling stats than Battle. Uh, however, he's been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.72 strikes per minute. 
minus 129. Uh, going with Pooh Bear Battle. Um, I dove into the stats just to make sure I wasn't just picking him because he, uh, I think he still is a, a one of our favorites on the podcast and on the uh, and in the discard. But yeah, he's obviously he's going to be much bigger. Um, and he, when you look at the stats, he's a much better striker from distance, which is a big thing I always look at. Probably not as much power as Green, but uh, I think he's a better all-around fighter, and he's uh, going to be bigger. And he can uh, Green may have better grappling stats, but Battle is no slouch in the grappling department as well. So um, I don't know why he's at plus one fifteen, but I shall take it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I think Green is really good on the feet, but I think the length is going to really bother him. The length of Ian Gary really bothered Gabe Green. It, it really yeah. messed him up quite a bit, and. I also think Battle is probably only the underdog here because he had such a hard time with Renat Fakhradinov. And yeah. he took that fight on two weeks' notice. And Fakhradinov is like this incredible wrestler. And all he did was take him down a bunch of times. Like it's not like he outstruck him or anything like that. And I don't think Bri- I don't think Gabe Green's got that. He can't do that to Brian Battle, right? Um, so I expect Brian Battle to be striking with him. And, and you said that Green might have a power advantage. He might, but we've only seen Brian Battle twice at welterweight. The yep. first time he kicked Takashi Sato's head into into the first row. Uh it, it was one of the more impressive knockouts. Literally, I've ever seen. guys. Yeah. Literally. And, and, and since then, I mean, like he didn't really get a chance to strike with Fokker Dinoff. He that dude was shooting a takedown six seconds into every round. So like maybe he's got a power advantage, but maybe he doesn't even have that. And so like with the length. Um, I actually think Brian Battle is a far better grappler. If like Green gets frustrated and shoots in, I think he can get choked. Um, I, I like Brian Battle quite a bit here. I apologize for my co-host language during that uh, breakdown. It was just nonstop. Fuck Radinov. Fuck Radinov this and fuck Radinov that. Um, yeah, this is technically a, a short notice. Not really. Uh, not according to my records. Short notice fight, but uh, Battle what? Took this in a month and a half notice or something like that. So. Yeah, he wanted with uh, I, I think he wanted with six to eight weeks or somewhere in yeah, that range. Because so it was originally crazy. supposed to be, get this, Gabe Green versus Jake Matthews, which I still think it's yeah, a weird matchup. Yeah. Coming off a loss, they give him a step up. Interesting. Or at least similar, a similar level as uh as uh Ian Gary. Um, yeah, I, I would I yeah. would pick I would pick Jake Matthews to beat Ian Gary. Yeah. And you're talking about the length. Uh, Battle's got three inches on Gary also. So length. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> All right. If you're into big dudes, maybe Talkify is the thing for you. How's that for <laughs> That was a perfect That's one of the best transitions you've ever done. <sighs> if you're into big dudes. Are you having a hard time meeting great people to date? Like big dudes, for instance. Why do you keep trying the same methods over and over if you know you're set up to fail? It's time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back the human touch to dating with Talkify. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. The trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they select and screen potential match candidates for you doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all communications for you. I'm reading like a robot now. Creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. I am not AI or a robot. I am a human. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify 
slash SGPN. So it's talkify.com slash SGPN. I will spell it. Get your pens out if people write things down anymore. T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. That's talkify.com slash SGPN. Did I start sounding like a robot or AI there? No, I, think no, I, 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 I think you were paranoid. I got you fooled. Perfect. Deep fake. Deep fake box is in the house. All right. Um, so what would be an awkward first date question like what are your thoughts on macy barber that would be an awkward first date question right no well that no i make or break every me. that really should be everybody's first date question because you should so. know you should know whether or not she hates she or he hates because <laughs> if she does it you don't you don't need that negativity in your life it is true all right let's move on women's flyweight speaking to macy barber g yun kim versus mandy Bohm. So a South Korean versus a German in this fight. We got Monster Bomb first, seven to two, two knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. 0-2 in the UFC, has not won a fight since October of 2020. She's 1-0 in Bellator, was a regional champion. Um, her striking differential is at, uh, she's been outstruck in the UFC by minus 1.27 strikes per minute, hence the two losses. Um, however, she does have better striking and grappling UFC stats than Kim does. She's also is a professional grappler. Boehm is, and she's at plus 175. Fire Fist, Kim, nine, six, and two. Two knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Three and six in the UFC. That's because she's on a four-fight losing streak and a one and five a skid over her last six fights. It's not one since October of 2019. So unless this is a draw or no contest, someone is going to break their slump here. Uh, she's fight at featherweight. She's missed weight a couple times in the past. So you may want to keep an eye on that since this one is at flyweight. She has multiple retail championships on her mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Uh, 2013 pro MMA debut. She's barely outstruck. You see opponents. Her strike differential is plus 0.02. So basically a wash there. She has inch of reach over Balm. She's twice more active landing strikes than Balm is. And she's at minus 190 on the betting boards. And this would be you. The stat you said about her being twice as likely to land strikes is really all you need to yeah. know here. Because because the, yeah. the bottom line is, is, is well, first of all, you mentioned the four-fight losing streak. She didn't lose all four of those fights. She she beat Priscilla Cachoeira. Um, you, you, you can go back and you can ask anybody. You can rewatch that fight. She didn't lose to Priscilla Cachoeira. She beat Priscilla Cachoeira. Um, so that's the first thing. I'm going to play some revisionist history. And then the second yep. thing is, is, even in her losses, the volume's there. Uh, she, she's like, what did you, I don't know if you have the stat in front of you. I think she's landing like five and a half strikes a minute or something like that. Like she just goes out there and she throws. And I love that about talking. it. Keep talking. And, all right. And like, so the, the stop talking. The, okay. 5.79. You're correct. Okay. But so she, even she gets was, hit, she, she gets hit 5.77 times. So that's the no, problem right there. But you're right. You're right. So, it, and I was shortchanging her there, right? Like, so she's, she's a, above five and a half strikes a minute. That is exceptional in landing strikes. But then when you look at Bohm, like the thing that is lost Mandy Bohm fights is the fact that she just doesn't have any volume. If she yeah. just doesn't go for anything. So like, you're right. Fire Fist has the potential to lose fights to people who hit hard and the people who can match her volume. And she's fighting somebody who could do neither of those things and probably can't take her down. So uh, yeah, give me, give me G on Kim. You would think having a fist on fire would be, illegal in ufc or mma but apparently it's not um so definitely give me fire fist for sure uh fire fist will beat any kind of monster um yeah bombs looked pretty uh look bad abysmal. Yes. really bad <laughs> that's what abysmal means yep uh playing bad since she has entered the ufc so give me 
I, I kind of like watching Fire Fist fight too, so this is good. Hopefully, she can get a win. All right, let's move to men's lightweights. It's all it's a sausage party here on out. All all male fighters. Natan Leve versus Pete Rodriguez because we need another Rodriguez to for me to get confused about in the UFC. This one's Pete. He's dead game. He's five and one with five knockouts. Have you had him on your show? What's dead game? Do you know? No, what that I means? I tried to get him on. We we were pretty close to finalizing something, and then that fight got delayed, and then yeah, yeah. it didn't work out. He's he's a tough guy to pin down. Apparently, dead game is all right. Rodriguez five and one with five knockouts, so he's knocked out all of his wins, and he got knocked out in his one loss. So there you go. One and one in the UFC. He won his last fight via knockout. He's five years younger than Levy. He's two and a half times more active landing strikes in the UFC than Levy is over their short careers. However, he's been outstruck over his two UFC fights by his opponents by 1.32 strikes per minute, plus 225. Lethal Nitan Levy, eight and one with three submissions, never been finished in a fight. Two and one in the UFC. He dropped his debut one two straight. One and zero in the contender series. Used to fight at featherweight. Striking and grappling stats are better than Rodriguez, and he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.49 strikes per minute, minus 230. All right, I'm going to roll the dice on another underdog here, Rodriguez. Obviously, uh, the power is is going to be there in the striking. Um, I think he's a better, or at least a more powerful and dangerous striker than Levy. Levy's going to try to rely more on his grappling. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the much younger, more... Um, more maybe not gifted but more dangerous striker in rodriguez for a huge plus 225 yeah i'm gonna go with rodriguez too um i i think first of all the the value here is clearly in rodriguez's yeah. favor uh and like if you go back and we watch natan levy's fight with Gennaro valdez and i'm gonna give you a specific timestamp. that's how you guys can know i watch a lot of film uh go to three minutes and 30 seconds in the second round and Valdez hits him with a counter strike because the thing about Levy is when he moves forward and he strikes, he's open to counters. He's there to be hit. Um, he throws like high kicks and he just stays in range sometimes. And Gennaro Valdez hits him with a counter in the second round, 330 left, and wobbles him. He wobbles him bad. Um, and Gennaro Valdez doesn't hit that hard. Pete Rodriguez hits really freaking hard. And I think yeah. Pete Rodriguez is being underrated here because we've seen him twice in the UFC. You mentioned he lost his only fight by knockout. Do you remember who he lost to? Uh, no, I remember that he did fight Mike Jackson, though. Yeah, <laughs> and, win, and so right? here, here's the race. Oh, yeah, that's right. He fought someone good. He fought Jack Della Maddalena and then Mike Jackson. So there's yeah. the range we're living in here is like <laughs> a dude who might be champ soon and Mike Jackson. So like... Do we really know what he is? Not 100%, yeah. but I will tell you, if you go back and you watch that Jack Della Maddalena fight, he actually lands a couple of nice counters. Like, like it's not like he looks like he is completely out of his element. Now, Jack, Maddala, or Jack Della Maddalena, like, downloads enough data and eventually starts to pick him apart. But, like, Jack Della Maddalena's done that to everybody. He did it to Randy Brown. And, like, if you're putting Pete Rodriguez in the Randy Brown category, he would torch Natan Levy. So... Uh, I actually think he's being wildly underrated here. I think the money line is just absolutely juicy for him. So yeah, give me uh, give me Pete Rodriguez. It's not like Levy's that been that great, right? Am I forgetting stuff no, on here? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 All right. We're on the same page. I had. I, I knew, okay. I heard. I heard Top Turtle. All right. I knew. So I was leaning for to Rodriguez, and then when I heard. <laughs> He cheats. He listens to me on other then. shows. <laughs> yeah. Once I heard, yeah, I mean, I guess it would make me a cock, correct? 
I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't use <laughs> well, that word in the first place. But <laughs> well, I like to listen listen to you uh, and your other your other hosts. So, all right, let's go to Banowitz, shall we? Cody Stamen before this conversation gets out of control versus Douglas <laughs> Silva de Andrade. I will tell you about Silva de Andrade first. D Silva is the nickname. Since his name's so long, I will accept it. He's twenty eight and five with one no contest, twenty knockouts, two submissions. Been knocked out once, submitted once. Six and five in the UFC. He's gone two and one over his last three. However, he did lose his last fight. He's fight at featherweight. 2007 pro MMA debut. Inch height, four inches reach on Stamen. He's been outstruck over his UFC career by 0.42 strikes per minute. He's at plus 135. Mr. Wonderful, Cody Stamen, or Spartan, Cody Stamen. 21, five and one. Seven knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted twice. Seven, four and one in the UFC. He's won two straight. Before that, he lost three straight. He's fight at featherweight as well. However, he has multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Uh, 2011 pro MMA debut. He also is old one as a pro boxer. He's four years younger than D Silva. He's got better striking stats and he's more active landing strikes. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.88 strikes per minute. He's at minus 140 and it's you. Give me the dog. Give me the address. Um, there. Yeah. And here's why. Um, again, I, uh, I I want you guys all to know, I do watch a lot of film. Uh, go back and you watch Cody Stamen fight Luana Lacerda in the third round. Um, you guys probably don't know Luana Lacerda. He's, he was only in the UFC for one fight. Cody Stamen got to fight a newcomer, uh, which is pretty rare. And with 320 left in the third round, Luana Lacerda decides he's Douglas Silva Dandridge. And he literally, for like three and a half minutes, Fights like Douglas Silva de Andrade. He only pushes forward because he's probably down two rounds at that point. He bull rushes forward like a madman and he shoots and he gets under the hips of Cody Stamen to the point where he takes him down twice and he takes him down twice really easy. And Cody Stamen looks like that pressure is just going to absolutely wilt him. And Luana Lacerda has a really good time dealing with it. And like the thing about De Silva is. He does it for 15 minutes. He moves forward. He's never afraid to throw. He's never afraid to eat one. He he telegraphs some things. But look, this guy, this is a guy who slammed Sadner Megamedov on his head twice in the third round of their fight. He's got a great gas tank. He's got great wrestling. I think he's going to get in Cody Stamen's face, and he's going to be in his face for 15 minutes. And I think he's going to make him look silly. I'm going Stamen, but I... I uh little worried because as you said um silva is very dangerous as his 20 knockouts prove but i think stamen's better all around um better at striking not as not more dangerous striking but better striking probably a better grappler too but tough fight tough fight to call i'll go with the younger guy especially at a lightweight class like bantamweight so we finally disagreed let's see if we'll disagree on this heavyweight fight dan this banger if we, we break if this we down do I'm, if we do i'm gonna <laughs> find a new cause Yes, the show is over. Oh, you have plenty of new, uh, plenty of co-hosts. I've heard about you. All right, Carl, Carl Williams versus Chase Sherman. Did we break this down last time? Yeah, we did. Right, it fell through the last minute. Right. I don't know. I is think Carl Williams supposed to fight enough? Chase Sherman already? I thought the two of them were. Yeah, yeah. I think they were supposed to fight a few weeks. ago. Oh yeah, they were last yeah. month. <laughs> I think I think we may have broken it down. Chase Sherman maybe, had a medical that. issue. Yeah, but like uh, we, but... it's easy to break down. So just give us a stat. Yeah. All right, quickly, let's go through the stats. Sherman is a vanilla gorilla. There, there's the first stat I have here for you. 
He's 16 and 11 with 15 knockouts. He's been knocked out four times, submitted twice. Yeah, I do remember breaking this down because I remember saying he's four and 10 in the UFC over two champs. <laughs> he's one and five over his last six. So he's just getting worse. He did lose his last fight. He was the B BKFC champ, bare knuckle fighting champion. He, based on their last weigh ins, he's 15 pounds heavier than Williams. He's an inch taller than Williams. He's three times more active landing strikes. However, he's been outstruck over his career by 0.55 strikes per minute in the UFC, plus 310. Carl Williams, eight and one, three knockouts. He's been submitted once, one and all in the UFC, one and all in contender series. He's won five straight fights. He used to fight at light heavyweight. Inches, inter reach on Sherman. Striking and grappling stats are better than Sherman's in the UFC. He's outstruck his opponents in UFC by and contender series, so a couple fights by 1.17 strikes per minute, minus 400. I missed Williams' first fight. That was when I was floating in the ocean. That's good. I'm, so I'm happy for you. <laughs> I heard it was a, a snooze fest, so I didn't go back and look for it. But obviously, I'm taking him. I'm not picking Chase Sherman. Come on. He's got great takedowns. That's all we need to know. He's got great yep. takedowns. Sherman and has he, given up before when he's got taken down. And and he relies on them, uh, which is also good. Uh, because Chase Sherman's also fought people who have had good takedowns and just chose somehow to box the former beer knuckle boxing champ. Um, <laughs> and, and like Carl Williams is going to do that. He's going to take him down 700 times. He's going to grind him into the ground. Uh, Carl Williams all day. Not, not no No second thought. I'd even throw the negative 400 in a parlay if I really wanted to. We like high fight IQ, right? Right, Jong? Yes, we do. Well, so we don't like watching fight. Carl Williams fight. <laughs> no, but if someone's got to... And will Chase, will Chase Sherman finally be out of the UFC again for the last no. time? If he no, 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 no. No, no, he's no. got some kind of turn on Dana White. <laughs> he, he must. All right, the main event of the prelims. Walter Waits, Matt Brown, yep, he's still around. Versus Court McGee, yep, he's still around as well. That's what this fight is. I love yep, both still, these guys. I love it's him. a yep, he's still around fight. Both these guys are immortal. Only one of them is called immortal. That would be Matt Brown. He's 23 and 19, 15 knockouts, six submissions, but knocked out three times, submitted 10 times, 16 and 13 in the UFC. He's on one and three over his last four, including losing his last fight. He has not fought since March of 2022. He's missed weight in the past. He used to fight at middleweight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, both of these guys are tough guys, too. TUF guys. Two, he was two and one, the ultimate fighter. He was on the comeback season, right? Is that right? Or was no, 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 no. He was in one of the early ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Know. Yep. Uh, 2000 and uh, regional champion, he is uh, or was 2005 pro MMA debut. Inch height over McGee. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.83 strikes per minute. And he's at plus 200. The crusher, Court McGee, 21 and 11, five knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice himself. 10 and 10 in the UFC, three and one in the ultimate fighter and the champion of that season. Used to fight at middleweight as well. 20, 2007 debut. Three years younger than Brown, more active landing strikes than Brown is. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by almost a strike a minute, 0. 0.99, minus 210. Over to you. Um, well, first of all, I want to tell you that Matt Brown was on season seven of The Ultimate Fighter. It's the greatest okay. season that ever existed in oh, The Ultimate Fighter. Is that the Nate Diaz season or not? No, no, really no, no, no. Nate Diaz, is, Nate Diaz is four. Okay, I mean, right. It, season seven is the greatest winner of all time. <sighs> Amir Sadala. Oh, I was right. Wow. Yeah, that's my favorite. That. That's my favorite season of the Ultimate Fighter. If you go back to that season, that season rules of the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, it's got CB Dalloway, Amir Sadala. It's got uh, Jesse JT Money Taylor, uh, Matt Riddle, Tim Crater. Uh, it, it, Mike Dolce, future dietitian, Mike Dolce. Uh, yeah, and of course, 
he's gone. And of course, yeah. he is gone, really, weirdly. Uh, and, and then Matt Brown. It's great. And plus, you got Forrest Griffin just, like, laughing at Rampage, getting upset all the time. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, dude, it's such a fun season. Um, although I do miss Amir Sadal. I wish he actually panned out. Now, yeah. that being said, Court McGee, all day here. Um, and, and I'm going to give you a really simple breakdown uh, of one technical thing that both of these guys do that's going to just make Matt Brown's life a living hell. Anytime Matt Brown gets pushed back to the cage, or even when he pushes somebody else back to the cage, he goes for the tie plumb. Single collar tie, sometimes double collar tie, looks to work knees to the body. What this does against a wrestler is it sets up an opportunity for that dude to take you down at will. Um, he actually got taken down too many times and lost to Carlos Condit. Not a guy we think of as having good takedowns. And Court McGee, I, I mean, you remember the fight with Ramiz Brahimai? Just like absolutely exhausting in his takedown attempts. You have to go beat the hell out of him and stuff his takedowns. And I just don't think Matt Brown could do that consistently, especially at his age. Um, Court McGee seems to have aged slightly better when it comes to MMA, um, with the exception of the recent knockout to Jeremiah Wells. But like, hey, Jeremiah Wells, it's like a truck. So I think Matt Brown is going to get too comfortable in the clinch. I think Court McGee is going to get too many takedowns. Uh, give me Court McGee here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know if it's minus 210 in slam dunk because um, I, I did have to do a deeper dive into it because they both are old as dirt. But I think McGee's got more in the tank and uh dan told you why so that those are those are our picks that are our picks would be incorrect um all right let's break it down recap it for you we both have mcgee we both have williams i have stamen he has silva Draj. that's the only spot that we differed on both have rodriguez both have kim both have battle both have lisboa so there you go um we'll be back tomorrow for yeah, that was, oh i got us i got a laugh out of that very very that was, that was, uh, that was pretty good <laughs> thank you uh we'll be back tomorrow with the main card and all our fancy fancy picks we haven't talked about the discord too much here sports gamblingpodcast.com slash discord is the place to be hang out with us um i don't really say rate review subscribe all that jazz but you should do all that too to help us continue to grow and stay in your ear holes four times a week uh if you want to get at us on twitter gumby runs the account for us that's gpn mma He's also at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. All our, everyone's writings and, and podcasts and all our contests and all our different sportsbook giveaways are at sportsgumbypodcast.com. Told you about the Top Turtle podcast. Make sure you listen to that, Gumby's other podcasts. And get in my Pick'em contest and get my MMA writings into your inbox almost pretty much daily. It's moneymma.substack.com. All right. I'm professional wrapping this thing up. We'll be back tomorrow. I will remain D Silva, Jeff Fox, lethal Gumby Reeland will join me tomorrow as well. And we'll talk to you then. Bye.